Good morning. I'm Kim Blair. And I'm John Phillips, and this is Virginia Technology Today. Our program is a public affairs feature of WFIR. Today, we're honored to have James Harder and Tim Abbott as our guests for the show. James Harder serves as an external engagement project manager for Virginia Tech's Department of Computer Science. And Tim Abbott is the Digital Innovation Manager for Moog Aircraft Group in Buffalo, New York. So we welcome Tim and James. It's great to have you both joining our show today. Let's start with some background, James. Please explain to our listeners what is blockchain and what makes this technology significant? All right. Well, first off, I wanted to thank you and John for having us on the program today. It's a great opportunity and we're glad to be here with you today. So to dive into that question about blockchain. You know, at its core, blockchain is a data structure that facilitates the operation of distributed digital ledgers. Now, that kind of comes off as not the most approachable definition that you've ever heard. So let me unpack that for a second, because um, I think blockchain, it's done a disservice a little bit by having an overly complex name. I think if somehow they had just called it an e-ledger or an e-database or something like that, instead of uh, similar to the way that you might have done email, it might have made more sense. But really what blockchain is about is about creating an opportunity for a ledger to be strung together using cryptography, which fixes the order and prevents earlier blocks from being changed. So it's a peer-to-peer distribution of blocks that result in a spreadsheet, if you will, that everyone can access and can see and see the past of kind of what's happened in the history. You know, that maybe didn't make it any more approachable or easy, but I do think that blockchain has a great potential and really what it is is a spreadsheet or a database. James, I appreciate you getting us started on this subject. It's not a familiar subject necessarily to all of our listeners. And it's great to also have Tim Abbott here with us. Tim, we appreciate you joining the show today and you're bringing our audience the business perspective on blockchain. Tell us about your role with Moog and how Moog is using blockchain technology. Thank you, John and Kim. Great to be here today. And uh, thanks, James, for that initial insight. So Moog, we're primarily a premier motion control company. A lot of people are not familiar with us, but we mainly deal in highly critical parts. Aircraft is one of our biggest fortes. That's where the company started. So we deal with a lot of the ailerons and the flap controllers on most commercial and military aircraft that you deal with. But we're also very big on pursuing very complicated, high complexity, tough to solve challenges. A recent technology over the last five to 15 years has been additive manufacturing, which we see a big value in. And that's really where we started to see an opportunity to leverage blockchain. Our show today is on blockchain technology with our guests, James Harder from Virginia Tech and Tim Abbott with Moog. One of the leading companies in blockchain technology is located in our own region, Block One, located in Blacksburg. Several years ago, Block One made a significant gift to the Virginia Tech Department of Computer Science. James, tell us about this gift and the initiatives it started. The Block One gift was definitely a difference maker for our department, and we're really excited by it. This was really started by a graduate of the department, Dan Larimer, who was really interested in blockchain actually as a student and take that uh, interest and really float it into his profession as one of the uh, key members of the Block One team. And he really is a thought leader for blockchain really internationally. And it's really exciting to have him give a major gift that helps us establish a lot of the momentum we have in this space. So some of the things that that, uh, that gift's being used for, it helps us update our blockchain courses and our curriculum. We've uh, started to hire some faculty that are actually in the blockchain space. We just had a hire come in this year, Tong Huang, who's come in and is focused on cybersecurity and how blockchain works. So we're really excited about some of the things that that provides. The other thing I want to mention too about that uh, gift is it's helped seed some money toward things like the Virginia Tech Blockchain Challenge, which is a place where students are able to actually develop some apps 
and think about ways that blockchain can be applied in a myriad of different spaces. And I think that kind of experiential learning where students are able to kind of put their hands around problems and think about ways that they can come up with creative solutions is a, a really great aspect of that, uh, that grant. And yeah, we're really excited about the things that that allows us to do. Thank you, James. And we understand you have an upcoming blockchain conference known as Bloxburg Summit, which I love the name. What are some of the upcoming plans for the summit this year? Yeah, Blacksburg 2021, we're taking advantage of the fact that this year is obviously going to be a virtual environment for uh, the ways that we interact. Usually it's something everyone's coming to Blacksburg, but this year you can kind of think of Blacksburg in quotations. We love the fact that that means a lot more people can come and attend the conference. So to give you a little bit of the details, it's on April 13th. It's from 9 to 1 p.m. You could certainly Google uh, Blacksburg 2021 or Department of Computer Science, Virginia Tech, and all of our information registration is online. And just to kind of run through a couple of the people we're really excited about in terms of speakers this year, we have several people who are going to be presenting on things like decentralized manufacturing on the blockchain. What are some of the potential applications of blockchain and healthcare sector? How are government partnerships working to integrate blockchain into the federal government's operations? And then we're also going to have some keynotes that are thinking about the future of blockchain and where it's heading. So this is a great opportunity for people to kind of key in and think a little bit about where blockchain is and where it's heading and some of, get some creative ideas out of it. So yeah, thanks for the opportunity to tell a little bit about that. And I, I hope everyone will register and take a look at that online. James, you gave us some great questions for us to follow up later on here in the show. Let me <laughs> turn some of my next questions though back to Tim. Uh, Tim Abbott with Moog. One of the comments that we hear about blockchain is that it will revolutionize business and redefine find companies and economies. What's your interpretation of that statement? And where do you see applications in blockchain developing in business? That's an excellent question, John. The easiest way for me to put this in perspective is to look at the last 20 years or so. If we think about how the internet has revolutionized companies, business interactions, and the economy in general, which has also been accentuated even more through the COVID-19 pandemic, when we had a lot of the brick and mortar stores unable to be accessed by the general public. Think about where we might have possibly been without the e-commerce version of those hardware goods that we were looking to get, whether it was groceries or medical supplies or PPE. The difference between blockchain and the internet. So the internet was a great tool that was created mainly with the intent for sharing, right? And early adoption was a bit spotty. We went through the dot-com era, which were some of the initial e-commerce sites trying to crop up, but they all took five to 15 years to actually stay in place and develop into powerhouses that they are today. With blockchain, what we've done, or the technology itself, where it stands out differently is one, we have all the learnings from the internet. It's still using that foundation and the cryptology and everything that we've had to force the internet to be, which maybe it wasn't intended to be. But what's different is the blockchain is there for transactions. The internet was originally made for sharing. So now we have a technology, this gigantic tool that can now give us the trust in transactions, which is what we struggled with on the internet. If you think about that from a business perspective, trust in transactions between organizations, whether they're individuals or governments, is huge. It certainly seems like that will ultimately make the internet safer, easier to use, perhaps, and probably introduce lots of different ways to use the internet than we even think about it this time. I want to go back to an earlier conversation we had on your manufacturing with blockchain and additive manufacturing. I'm really curious for you to explain to our audience, what does that mean to the way manufacturing 
may happen in the future around the world. I think we've laid a little bit of the framework talking about how blockchain is a additional layer on top of the internet and how it also creates new value. Very similar to our cell phones where it contains 20 or 30 different pieces of technology, which by themselves were very novel. But once they've been combined into our phones, now we've got a GPS with three-dimensional representation of the street that we're driving down. Blockchain is going to be that same additional combination layer to the internet. Now, specific to manufacturing, I need to trust the field down to the head of lettuce where I'm getting my salad from that goes into my local grocery store. And if something goes wrong with that, how do I trace it down in a very timely fashion? Because right now we've seen the E. coli and other breakouts that have happened, and they've taken weeks to months to rectify where the source came from. If those items are tracked and traced and the provenance around the raw material or the raw vegetable is placed onto the chain, now you're looking at a matter of minutes to seconds to identify not only where it came from, but also who has it right now. So you don't won't see these global issues proliferating longer than they need to. And then the entire economy and manufacturing world becomes much more responsive to these type of issues. I think that's one of the amazing things going on with uh, blockchain that you're seeing Walmart start to do with the tracing of uh, certain products to find if there might be like a food breakout or a problem is they they claim to have made it to where they can track spinach. It used to take them about seven days to find out where it came from. Now they say they can do it in 2.2 seconds. Well, I love the fact that you can boil it down to tracking lettuce for those who don't understand blockchain. So for me, that's very practical. So for me, the explanation was fantastic. Well, we hope our audience will stick around too as we move on to our Virginia Technology Today podcast that can be found through the WFIR website. Thank you, James and Tim, for discussing blockchain technology with our audience. We would like to thank our executive producer, Joey Self, for making the show possible and Thought Out Media for producing the program. Until next week, I'm Kim Blair. And I'm John Phillips, and this is Virginia Technology Today.